Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Delighted to be joined by Tim Brown today. Tim's a CEO over at Hook Agency. They help contractors focus their marketing on their best customers, to take action on their behalf to help them rank higher on Google. Tim, a warm welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Hey, thank, thank you very much for having me, Sam. How are you doing today? Yeah, all good on this end, my friend. And looking forward to chatting to a fellow SEO professional all through um we're covering all bases in terms of how our listeners how our viewers can turn their content into a referral generation machine so yeah excited to jump in on this topic because i think it's gonna be massively useful for everyone that, that listens in watches in um so first things first tim why why are referrals so important why should we really be be concerned about generating so many referrals for for our business growth Yeah, so many small business owners tell me that referrals are the number one source of leads. And I am always impressed with the quantity of referrals some businesses get. It's a a great testament to how awesome their services are. And, And the funny thing is, though, if you ask them, hey, what are you doing to increase referrals? They often say nothing. And they'll they'll talk to you all day about hey, we're doing this for our marketing, we're spending a lot of time on social media, we're doing video, we're doing content, we're doing ads. But then what else What else are you doing to get more referrals? If that's your number one lead source, why are you not doing more to increase your referrals? And I think when people hear that, they're like, okay, okay, I can get on board with that. Like, I've, I've seen some cool things. I've seen like the note after the job. I've seen, you know, brownies. I've seen referral um, fee. Like I've got to give money. What do I got to yep. do? What else can I do here? And the funny thing is, is the easiest way to do it is just to take your current marketing efforts that you're doing and think about them as referral generating efforts. I think that that's a, a huge opportunity that a lot of people aren't doing. And the weird thing I've seen is that if I just think about all of our marketing or all of our clients' marketing as a referral increasing thing, then it doesn't have a lot of negative consequences for the other thing, like just referral you know, generating cold leads and the other things that we want it to do. So it's a good mindset to be in to every piece of content that you're creating to be intended to get more referrals. Cause it's the same principles. It's like they ask you answer kind of things. Like I'm answering questions that my sales team has said our prospects are having. I'm creating video. I'm collaborating with other awesome people like you. And those types of things all still help the cold lead generation too. Got it. Got it. So 
Which brings us on to the next topic pretty nicely. So in terms of, um, and like you say, I'm, I'm just the same. I'm sure ev- a lot of people tuning in are thinking when they have those initial conversations or discovery calls with prospects or clients, it's it's a, a thing you often hear, right? Like you, you ask kind of what are you doing to generate business right now? And they might say word of mouth or existing customers or referrals. And that does, you're exactly right, tend to be the thing that, that comes up. But that's, that's definitely an interesting point when you do ask what are you actually doing to wrap that to increase yeah. that. I, I imagine most people when they hear that are thinking, hmm, probably not a lot actually. Maybe yeah, it's, doing weird. it's very weird. And it's like, you know, a lot of people, it's 80, 90% of their, I think ours is 62. And I'm proud of that because we have so much, just like you guys have a lot of business from Google search. Um, sure. And so I'm proud that it's not that crazy high, even though we get a lot of referrals. Um, I think that at the end of the day, I, I want to touch on a couple of things that increase referrals just as principles. I do think the tighter your niche, the more money it spits. So just an easy way to remember, like if you're going after niches, it's way easier to refer you business. Like it's very difficult to refer somebody business that does everything that has all of the specialties and that serves all of the kinds of clients. But let's say you're a pavement company for, for instance, Sure. If you only do commercial, you know, business parking lots, it's a little bit easier to remember that company. And it's a little bit easier to choose the types of people that you should be collaborating with on content. So it's not only thinking of every piece of content that you do by yourself, but also like, who should we collaborate with on this that also owns the audience? And sometimes that means they have a lot of followers in that niche, which I do think can be really cool and like on social media and you can do a video with them, but also who has the relationships. So if there's like a, you know, association that all the the people that make the choice around uh, parking lots, if they're an association that they're part of, why are you not part of that? And maybe collaborating with the, the association, there's a lot of, Old world. This is like, it's funny because, you know, you and I are very digital and a lot of, you know, millennial businesses that they grew up on the internet. So the vibe is always, it's, if it's not on the internet, it doesn't exist. And I think a lot of people need to kind of like break themselves out of that and say, what if we just went to the organization, the association? What if we went to the people that have the personal, actual in-person relationships? So it's just kind of thinking of it more on the sales side. I'm going to create content, collaborate with people on the sales side. And I think that's new for some younger people. And I think for me, uh, that has been a big shift this past year that I didn't do before. And that's just because I grew up on the internet and everything. If, like, like I said, I, I'm guilty of all those things. Sure. And that, that first point, Tim, I love. So tightening the niche so it's or the niche so it's mm-hmm. easy for people to refer. So yes. And I, I can completely get that. So I can imagine if you're like maybe linking back to your example and you're, you're a builder and you perhaps say, look, we do windows, we do conservatories, we do gardens, we do driveways, mm-hmm. we do all this stuff. And your existing customers probably just thinking, well, this is so much stuff to remember. Yeah. How am I going to ever refer to you? Whereas if you can just say one specific honed in yeah. thing, then I, I guess that just sticks in their mind. So if they do meet someone or talk to someone that needs it, they can refer you straight away, right? Exactly. And it's funny because you think that you're going to cut yourself off from other business, but you don't really. It's just being known for one thing is the first base, Mm. (laughs) you know, like being known for one thing, just so that they know these types of projects are great for that company. 
I do think, obviously, I do think that there is an opportunity to tighten up your processes. Like if you really did constrain yourself to only certain types of specialties and customers that you can tighten up your processes. And that's another discussion, but sure. even just step one is just making sure you are known for one thing. At least the thing is, is when we're trying, we're trying to be known for everything. It's very hard to get known for it's, it's hard to get known without being known for one thing. That's just something weird about the human brain. It seems to respond when you, when you have a very specific thing, like think about, okay, do you guys have, maybe you don't, and I'll give you the full thing. Do you guys have Jimmy John's in the UK? We don't. Okay. No, I'm not sure what that is. They, I'll give you a quick, like, this is an example, US example, but I think it's a good one. They, they do sandwiches. It's like a sandwich shop. Okay. And they, they they call themselves freaky fast, freaky fast delivery. And the funny thing is, is like, that has nothing to do with the sandwiches, but like, that's one thing they just, they zoomed in on one thing that their customers cared about fast. And yeah. they're just, that's it. The same, honestly, the sandwiches, aren't even. I mean, no <laughs> offense to the Jimmy John's folks out there. If there's a Jimmy John's uh, marketing professional out there, but the sandwiches aren't even that crazy good, but they're freaky fast. And you do remember that and it gets stuck in your head. So like knowing that human brains are weird, you can own either one term, one niche, one something in their heads, everything. It's, it's hard. If you try to be known for, if they were trying to be freaky fast, soft bread and like the best cheese. It's too much. It's too much. Like, I'm not going to remember that. And to be honest, it just sounds like everything now. Like, so just remember that whole thing. You sound generic when you try to be known for everything. And that goes for like your point of differentiation and the niche. Yeah, no, I, I really like that, Tim. So moving this forward, yes. giving the audience a tangible strategy so sure. they can start getting referrals. Do What's the next step? Do we now start yeah. thinking about putting content together or have we got to do a bit of research? What do we yeah. do or do we jump straight in to start crafting content to build referrals? What's, what's the next yeah. step in the framework? I think, I think it's a blend of two things. One, you got to know who to talk to, right? Who else right. owns the audience that you're trying to talk to? Who, who owns their attention? So okay. whether it's an influencer in that market, whether it's another business that let's say talks to those customers all the time. So those yeah. are those, that's one big piece. I got to find people that also talk to these people all the time. And I say okay. also, because you're probably, you know, a lot of the people we're talking to, they have customers already. Let's say you've got 10 customers and they've got 10 customers collaborate together. And then I think being a good referral partner is also a, a, a big piece of this. I refer a lot of business out. And I also like, I'm focused on if I want to prime the pumps with a, with another business, if they own that audience, I'm going to try to refer business to them in a way that they see, right? Yeah. Hey, you should join this organization. Hey, you should talk to these people. Hey, I'm going to connect you by email. So that's one way. Then include them in your content, do a video together, do a blog post, um, basically find them. And then collaborate with them. So, and you probably already know some, but let's collaborate with them more. Let's do more video with them. Let's do more content with them. And then the other component is you do want people to listen and watch this content, right? So you have to build your audience. And I think a good way to do that is by making sure that you are talking about topics 
that your ideal customers care about. And one of the best and easiest ways to do that, and this might be review for some of your audience, but just a reminder is just, hey, listen in the sales process. What questions are your ideal prospects asking on a regular basis? And writing those things down, especially if they come up twice, especially if you don't, if people ask the same question three times in the last month and you don't have a piece of content on that, on it, I think you're wasting your own time because you keep on answering this question in detail. You could just send them the blog post or send them the video. So having good topics is the other really important piece here. We need we need to collaborate with people on blog posts and videos that are that also own this audience's attention and we need to have good topics and we need to get better at creating great topics that people are actually going to tune in for. And yes, it does matter. You do want to get as experts. You want to get people that have done this previously. You want to you want to get people that also know how to create content. That's a hard part cuz I can collaborate with somebody but if they're not used to creating content. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say I wanted to go after this hypothetical pavement company and I I went for the organization that works with pavement companies, but then like I'm talking to their director and they don't know how to create engaging content. You can't just go in dry with these folks that are not used to doing this. You kind of have to find people that also are creating content. So that's a hard part. Like I said, I said the that, old school. That's what I was going to ask. So yeah. it'd be great to break this down, Tim, yeah. for anyone that's completely new to this in terms of, so you you mentioned something at the start of this chat, who who actually owns the attention of your target customers, the people you want to sell to, the people you want these juicy leads from, for these projects that we want to be closing deals with. So how do we go about, perhaps you can share an example of something yeah. you've done or a story or something. Sure. Um, how do we go about finding these people that do own the attention? And then as you were alluding to just then, how can we actually strike up a conversation with them? How can we outreach to them yeah. with something that's going to be a value rather than yeah. just another cold email on their inbox that's going to piss them off? Dude, um, oh. And yeah, how can yeah, we get a, a, a worthwhile conversation yeah. started? And this this is another reason why the niche is beautiful, to have a niche. Because I think part of it is anything digital is very easy to ignore. Mm-hmm. But if you show up at their, or, and I know this is COVID times, but like previous to COVID times, going to trade shows, and I think, you know, hopefully soon, maybe six months, nine months from now, going to trade shows, shaking hands, getting on a name, you know, you know each other's name basis with people. Um, and that's that's why the niche is almost like a prerequisite here to like, you have to choose a niche because I, you know, I'm talking about going to niche trade shows. Like for instance, for a marketing company to go to the marketing company uh, trade show, or, you know, I mean like show is not going to necessarily be that effective because you're just talking to a bunch of other people that, you know, want to talk to marketing agency. I'm talking about like whatever niches are, are, you know, most lucrative for you. And if you're, a, let's say a construction company or something, yep. you need to get around the homeowners. You need to get around the people that, um, own that audience. So I do think it's basically like in person is the best to be real. Like, and that's something okay. we're all see, see, here's the deal. This is, I, I need to preface this with, I am not an in-person guy. I am a very you know, on the internet guy. 
I love the internet and I love marketing and sales scares me. So that's like everything I do. If I go to this trade show, it's terrifying. And like somebody, you're sitting there across the table from somebody and they can just reject me outright. And they they had, they did. And it like, it's scary. And, but ultimately I went to the trade show with the mindset of I'm going to meet and shake hands with referral partners. Not, I did have a booth, but what it really matters is meeting and shaking the hands of referral partners. So maybe you don't even need a booth. Maybe you just go to the booths and you shake the hands of the people. They do send their, they do send good salespeople there. Like, let's say, let's say it's a software company that you want to team up with. Um, you know, let's say it's a, another tech company or something for a marketing agency. Try to try to get things that are adjacent to you. So like if you're a fence company, make sure that you're kind of going to the landscaping. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like make sure yeah, it's kind so of not, around not you. That, that you, you don't want it to be. Yeah, exactly. You don't want it to be like two or three notches away from what you are. Okay. Because if you go too far away from what you are, then there's never a obvious conversation for the, them to have with their customer about you guys. So if you're, let's say a kitchen remodeling company and you're talking, you're, you know, trying to talk to the fence company about referrals, that's not going to work. It has to be indoor. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, gotcha. so basically like for anything outdoor, you'd want to do outdoor companies and collaborate with all of them. And for anything indoor, you'd want to do all indoor companies and collaborate with them. And for marketing agencies, you want to go with tech companies, not necessarily like, I don't know that a re- I'm going to get as many referrals unless they're a customer from like actual, um, let's say construction companies, because that's our niche, but. Got it. So it sounds like from what you've said there, Tim, we need to understand whether it's going to these events, whether it's going to these places that are potential referral partners that are relevant to what we do, where where they're going to hang out so we can can start some conversations with them. And I'll, I'll just say this. I think ultimately it comes down to, so you're trying to expand you know what I mean? Okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to just to liven this up. I'm going to go into a dating example. Cause that's sometimes that's easier <laughs> to like get this. Sure. It's like, I remember what I would date. I dated online before I found my wife and, um, but you know, we met online, but basically you were always trying to expand. <laughs> this is a funny one, but you're always trying to expand a little bit on what you had done. So like if you're in, um, you're in the dating app. You wanted to expand it to Facebook. And if you're in the Facebook, you wanted to expand it to a phone call. And if you're a phone call, you wanted to expand it. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to expand it from wherever it is. You don't want to get stuck in the same little spot. So for a referral partner, you want to expand it to, Hey, could we get 10 minutes on a phone call just to chat briefly about this? Like I might have a referral for you, that kind of thing. And ultimately you want to actually be able to deliver on that. And then, hey, I want to maybe do a longer video chat. So see how we could be of service to you guys. Like I I do go in this mindset with the service mindset. And that's part of how, why we're doing content with referral partners is because we have a service mindset. How can we be useful to these guys? And then, so one-to-one conversation is, I guess, in lieu of trade shows, what I'm really saying is how can you get in video chat, one-to-one conversations and be useful to them? You know, yep. like show excellence, show I care about the customer, be in person as much as in person as you can do. If it's a one-to-one video conversation, that's as close as you get, right? Because you can have your expressions, 
You can show your passion and you can ask them how, hey, how are you guys being more useful to customers right now considering COVID and what else? What are what are you guys doing? How could we, maybe we could be useful to your customers in some way. Maybe I can send you a couple people that would be, I, I do it with the pretense also of just learning about them and what they do. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, you kind of have to, you have to be able to deliver on that. Don't do that unless you really actually have the intention of referring them business. But I think that that is a big piece to it. And then expanding it outward to that, hey, let's record some content together. And yeah, I think that that's one way to do it. That makes sense. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. In today's digital world, Getting the attention of key prospects can be a tricky task. Emails and phone calls are often ignored and meeting up in person is rarely an option. And that's exactly why tools like Vidyard have become so effective. Vidyard is a free app that makes it easy to record and send custom video messages that truly stand out and generate more responses. It's a great way to introduce yourself, to showcase your personality and to create a more personal connection from your very first outreach. You can sign up for your own free account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS to start sending your very own video messages. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. So, um, yeah, strike up that conversation. Obviously, like, like you say, if, if it's now, it's got to be digital, it's got to be video, it's got to be Zoom, whatever the channel you, you choose. And, yeah, I like the like the, the, the dating analogy of, of growing it, so moving yeah. it from, from one platform and progressing the conversation yeah. over time, which is much like marketing, where you might go from an initial lead to phone call to uh, d- discovery call to presentation to close, whatever it may be. So moving mm-hmm. this forward, are there any things we need to consider when it comes to actually collaborating, when it comes to putting together this juicy content and working together yeah. to build content that's going to appeal i guess to is it both of your audiences because you want to do something that's mutually beneficial and ultimately to start these these referrals from other channels coming in to to grow our businesses to grow ourselves yeah and i think ultimately even if you serve let's say five kind of key niches or five key specialties i do think zooming in on one or two with this content and focusing Mm -hmm. on a tight as tight of a group as possible allows you to be confident in what you're saying because okay. I'll be honest, like that's why every time before one of these videos, I ask who who's listening from your side, like who is the audience here? Because ultimately, I'm going to try to speak to them as much as possible. You know, we talked about the audience before this, and I just I'm I'm kind of talking with a with a persona in mind. I'm I'm talking to that person. I'm talking to you a little bit. I'm trying to be useful to you, and then I'm trying to be useful to that person that we kind of talked about, and. I want to be as useful as possible to them. And that is that intention hopefully comes through. Um, I do think part of it is don't just talk to as many people as possible. Yep. I think that ultimately what I want is long-term referral partners, right? I don't just want a referral from one part. You know what I mean? Like as a small business owner, 
And as somebody trying to scale a business, at the end of the day, what I want is 10, 20, 30 really good long-term referral partners. And that's the mindset you should go into it with. Not like I'm going to do a one-off with this person, one-off with that person. Ideally, at the end of the day, you get into some kind of rhythmic, cyclical thing. I sit, you know, um, from Naval, who's a uh, investor guy that's got some great wisdom. He said, play long-term games with long-term people. And I think that if you think about that with your content strategy, it makes it easier. It makes it easier because let's, you know, if you're, I keep on using the home services stuff. So excuse me if that's not useful, but like think about landscaper, a landscaper that's talking to the retaining walls guy, that's talking to the hardscaper, that's talking to the fencing guy, right? You have these five referral partners, let's say it with other things. And you're creating once a quarter content with them. You're doing a video with, hey, this is our retaining wall special. You know, like every quarter we do this retaining wall special. That's a good system. That's a good rhythm. You've got the video that you put out. You've got maybe a couple other pieces of content that you do on social. Every time with that other company, they know it's coming. You know it's coming. Coming. Another smart person said, without habits, everything is a decision and a decision is tiring. You know, we're trying not to tire ourselves out as a business owner and as a marketing professional, we're trying not to tire ourselves out. So as much as you could do three months, six month cycles with these referral partners on the content creation side, you, you take off some of the stress about like, constantly expanding your your network and you get down to that we're in long-term relationships with great people like i think life is better when we're in long-term relationships with great people and we don't have to reinvent ourselves all the time and the same goes with content strategy and the same goes with i mean yes as entrepreneurs yes we have to be constantly expanding our mindset but once you find great referral partners figure out a way to get in a cyclical content creation system with them. Yeah. Well, that, that does make sense. And certainly a, a long-term game, because as you mentioned there, Tim, it's not always the easiest thing to, to create with new content, new content ideas yeah. constantly. So I guess if you've got a partner that can help you out with that, yeah. that's, that's half the battle because I know firsthand creating ideas, whether that's for our clients, whether that's for the podcast, whether it's for web choice, the company, it's not easy, whether it's LinkedIn content, YouTube content, whatever it may be, creating mm-hmm. off the top of your head is, is tough. So if you've got someone yeah. who can pitch in and help you out and batch this yeah. content and stream out over time, it's definitely half the battle done. So Exactly. And, and just a note on that is like, for instance, like we talk about leadership, we talk about sales, we talk about organization and culture. Those are not things we sell, but like coming up with these kind of shoulder topics to what you do it makes it makes it all a lot easier you like this idea of i don't have to be selling with every piece of content i'm just trying to be useful to these people is way easier way easier than always selling always selling with your content is hard and you'll notice it doesn't get as quite the reaction on on social media that you want so being in these other adjacent shoulder topics as long as you're focused on being useful to that ideal customer, it, it really frees you up mentally. Cool. 
So moving this forward, in terms of giving some ideas, and you touched on this again a bit earlier, Tim, you mentioned perhaps talking to your sales guys, your sales team, or if you are the the, the business owner purely and you, you run the sales as well, then coming up with the, or working in the questions that your customers often ask you. Yeah. Is, is that one of the best ways to to look at content that you should be creating, Tim, or there, um, is that is yes. that one of the core strategies or there are other ideas? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Part of it is just allowing marketing to bleed over into sales. And I mm-hmm. used to think that was kind of a, I mean, I, I guess maybe this is just me maturing as a marketer over time. If, if it's not creating sales, it might be a little bit of a waste of time. Like what are you doing right now in your marketing that's not creating sales? Or it might just be early. You know, like you might be early in the process and it, you know, like we always kind of have to think about the multi-touch attribution, right? Like somebody saw a video on LinkedIn, then somebody saw, you know, went to our website, then somebody saw a remarketing image later that reminded them of our brand. And then they followed us on Instagram. And then two years later, they became a customer. That's a weird story, but it's not unheard of, right? Like, and I think, that is why also I do think salespeople it's old school, but always asking, where did you hear about us? Like, Hey, give me a little, like, give me a little story. Like, this is kind of interesting. You're, you came across us, you know, like what happened? And then like those, and I hear those, we, we talk about those every, every week in our sales and marketing meeting, you know, like, and all of the touch points that I hear and yes, remarketing is one of them that I hear a lot. And um, you know, other ones are referral partners, like a YouTuber that, talks to a lot of our customers like that we've collaborated with we hear those stories and then it just confirms those points that are in our stack but we're not necessarily always just thinking lead generation with every piece of marketing that we put out i think that that's a big mistake that a lot of people do just every if it doesn't create leads it doesn't stay but if it gets touched on on regular kind of people always say this i saw this so it reminded me of you if like people say that in that story they give us it just confirms it keep that keep that keep that keep that and then at the end of the day though it shouldn't be they shouldn't all just create leads all the time they just need to remind people of you and it's okay like just think about you know i think it's just empathy with the audience like you i often like i went to yesterday i went to get a electric fence quote electric fence for my dog and um i hope the dog's still standing was that? I hope the dog's still standing. Yeah, he. I haven't He's put not it electrocuted like, yet. Yeah, I. Do, are those good? I don't know. Um, my brother had luck with one. I don't know, dude. We've Anyways. got a dog. He's mad. He, he pretty much chews everything in the house and chases our baby around oh, most yeah. of the time. So maybe we should look at one of those yeah. too. Yeah, and I am very excited to check it out. But uh, hey, tomorrow I might not be as excited. But if I see the ad, it reminds me. You know, I. I don't know. I think remarketing is a big one that people should be doing. Um, in sure. conjunction with whatever uh, thing that they've got going on as their primary thing, but just empathizing with people and empathizing that they may not, you're, you're the biggest deal to you. You know, your, your business is really important to you, but for them, it might just be like a side note, right? Like our business is often a side note for other people and it's okay. Like it's okay to kind of be in their face a little bit afterwards with remarketing on Facebook and Google, or like or the Google ad network to just remind them, the weeks after they come to your website. 
Yeah, 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 makes sense. So, in terms of the, in terms of what you just said there, to kind of piece that all together, Tim, are you saying that we shouldn't? Every piece of content we put out shouldn't be focused on leads. It should be more yeah. trying to be as useful resource to our target customers mm. as possible. Yeah, I honestly, that's what I do. Although I am tired. So I create a lot of content. We we create a lot of content. I yep. just think that's how humans work. You know, like I don't think, I, I'm sorry, but if a piece of content, one single piece of content turned me into a lead, I think that's super unusual. Mm-hmm. I think that's super unusual. So every piece of content, I think, I, I just want to display excellence and value and then I do have call to actions on our blog posts. I do nudge people in the direction of this is the next step to remind them that's what I want them to do with our business. Sure. But I don't really expect one piece of content to do that. I expect it to be like five touches. Yeah, that that's one thing. I mean, I'm definitely all in on that on LinkedIn. And we're perhaps lacking that a bit on our own blog for web choice because maybe we focus on our clients too much. Um but certainly when it comes to creating content on the YouTube, on the LinkedIn, I'm pretty much trying to give away everything I know. And I might yeah. put a call to action in the comments or in maybe the yeah. bottom, some of the posts. But like you say, Tim, it's it's very, very rare that someone will come straight to you saying, I've seen this one thing or I've seen this yeah. one thing. Usually it's like, if yeah. it's content related, I've been following you for X many months or yeah. I saw X, Y, Z, or I loved your video and your post on this. It, yeah, it, it just doesn't seem to happen where someone will just come for one piece. They'll usually say, I've been following you for a while. I've been looking at your content for a yeah. while. Unless it is that they've come through a paid ad or they, they did search for you straight away because they had that high intent, that urgency, and they're ready to move on right away. Exactly. And I mean, it's all about like, know, and trust, right? Like mm. it's, I'm going to do business with somebody I like, know, and trust. I'd almost rather have that business than somebody that was created off of one piece of content. They're created on one piece of content. I'm like, can I deliver? It's like, they really liked me for that one piece. You know, like um, I have had that. I just like, I got a couple flashes of a couple customers that we got from one piece of content. And I was like, that is unusual. I mean, it's happened. Um, but dang, that was some good content, right? <laughs> oh, right. one of them for you, just the note for you, not for you. was like showing the back end of our websites like to show what it's like editing them because a lot of customers have that problem with can't edit their own content. So just showing the back end of our websites created business for us, just turning that inside out. This is what it would look like to work with us. I think a lot of people can get that principle. Like they turn your business inside out, show what it would be really like on the back end, show the, the danglies on the inside of the sweater. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people are just happy for authenticity and they they want to work with people that are real. So you'd be, I mean, I just think people would be crazy surprised if they started showing more of the intern, the internal parts of their business and, and how much people relate to that and like that. Yeah. And this is all really useful, useful stuff, Tim. So to wrap things up as we're coming to a close, just um, any, any final tips when it comes to kind of creating this content, thinking about not necessarily driving leads straight away, but building that yeah. awareness, building those referral partners, any, yeah. any final tips or notes that people should consider or something that's going to help people tune in really kind of get a grasp and understand what they should be including in these contents. Any takeaways? Just be thinking long-term thinking niche and know that a three of these could be all of your business that you need for the next year. <laughs> So it can be a major gold mine and having three 
could do it. Like, so get started on this, try it and understand, just kind of go with that in mind. Not, not that every single conversation you have needs to be that you need to be nice no matter what, but then like, know that once you find three of these that are really good, these good referral partnerships, you might need, you might not even need marketing anymore. And you're just doing it for fun. I do so much of our marketing for fun. I don't, I mean, I don't, I feel like if I let this sit, there'd be leads coming in, in our business for the next six months. And it wouldn't be that, you know, but ultimately I do it for fun. I, I know, like, I think people that find marketing fun do better. I, I, like, I think that's a good, good way to think of it. Try to have fun, try to have fun while you're doing it. Yeah. Nice. Lovely tip. Exactly. I completely agree. If you can find a way to, to make it enjoyable, um, it, it just helps so much, right? If you, exactly. if you can work your passion into it. Good stuff, Tim. Look, really enjoyed the chat, Tim. Thanks so much for coming on. And for Thanks anyone for that wants to connect with yourself, learn more about yourself or your business, please do tell us how we can learn more and get in touch with you. Yeah, so we work with a lot of contractors, smart contractors, hook better leads with hookagency.com, hook agency all over social media. Simple as that. And we'll put all the all the links for Tim's company over in the show episode notes at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, Tim, I'd like to thank you once again for coming on the show. Really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers, dude. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe for Business Growth Show, wherever the heck you get your podcast from. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, across sales, all with a goal to help you grow your business and grow your sales revenue. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode.